Are you frustrated with your government contracting journey? Do you feel like there's just something missing in your business, but you just can't put your finger on it? Are you finding enough opportunities? Are you struggling to win the few opportunities you do find? Do you have a plan of attack or a strategy for this market? Would you like somebody to review your current approach? Maybe it's time to consider getting a coach. Our team of coaches have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. We've figured out how to help companies just like you accelerate in this market. Market. If you want to find out if coaching is for you, go to federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today and fill out a coaching application. I will personally respond to your application and schedule a time for us to talk about your business. There's no cost for the session. There's no obligation. There's no hard sell or anything like that. What I will guarantee you is I will review your top challenges and give you detailed advice. And if coaching makes sense for you, I'll walk through your options. Visit federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today to get started. Now let's get into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with Game Changers for Government Contractors. I want to bring to you a little bit different episode today. So a lot of times I will talk about tips and strategies for things you should do. Today I want to talk a little bit about maybe some stuff that you're not ready for. And so thus the title of this episode, You're Not Ready for This Cheese. And I'll tell you where I got this. So I'm a fan of the TV show Yes Dear. I don't know if anybody listening today has watched that show and it premiered back in like early 2000. So most of you may not have ever even heard of it, but there's this one scene in the show and I don't remember what episode it is, but the main character, Greg, has always wanted to go to this particular restaurant. His uncle had told him about the Pinnacle Room and just how amazing this restaurant was. And it was just one of those upper class restaurants where everybody's dressed to the nines and they look all fancy and all that. And they bring around this cheese cart and there's a guy with the cheese cart. And so they're sitting in the restaurant. Greg and his wife are sitting in the restaurant and the cheese cart comes by. And when the cheese cart gets to him, they stop and say, hey, would you know, would you like to sample some of the cheeses? And he's like, oh yeah, what's that one? And he's like, it's a whatever. It's a type of blue cheese. And what's that one? It's a type of whatever cheese. And he's like, well, what is this one over here? And the cheese guy, who's what I'll call him, just leans in and says, sir, you're not ready for that cheese. And he just looks at the cheese guy like, are you kidding me? You know, I've spent my life dreaming about coming to this room and you're going to tell me I'm not ready for that cheese. And what does Greg say? Of course, he was like, just give me the cheese. Just give me the cheese. And so he gets the cheese and he takes what looks to me on screen like the tiniest bite of this cheese you could ever imagine. He starts chewing it and it maybe lasts five seconds before he has to spit it out because guess what? He wasn't ready for that cheese. The cheese guy was trying to get him to work up to being ready for that cheese. I feel like government contractors are a lot like Greg sometimes. And I was this guy too, by the way. I'm super impatient in life. I like to go 100 miles an hour. Uh, I'm in my mid-40s now as I'm recording this podcast, and I'm much more patient now than I ever have been. And I'm still not that patient. And so I get it. I understand the need to like go fast and all that kind of stuff. 
especially if there's financial crunches and things like that. But sometimes we're not ready for that cheese. We're not ready for that next step. There's things we need to do to slow down and get stuff right before we're ready to move on. One of those big ones that I see from people a lot of times is believing that they're ready to prime. Where they'll come to me and say, hey, we've won a couple of subcontracts here or there, or maybe they haven't won any, and they're like, I feel we should be priming. I don't feel like we should be wasting our time with subcontracts. And I got to tell you, subcontracts are a great way to make a living. I've got a client right now who's going to do several million dollars in subcontracts, and that client's making about a 35 to 40% profit in their business. They are loving subcontracting. I don't think they have a prime contract under their belt. I don't think they have plans to prime anything because they're in a very niche market. And that's just one client. I could talk to you about several of my clients who have nothing but or mostly subcontracts that are doing really, really well. One of those things is being able to say, look, maybe we're not ready to prime or maybe priming is not in our best interest because of what we do. If you have a really small niche service or product or whatever it may be, priming may not be on your roadmap at all. It really depends. A lot of times I'll tell people, maybe we're not ready to prime yet, or maybe that shouldn't even be part of our strategy. And if I back up, there are a lot of people that call me. I have all these conversations every single year. I do a lot of free consultations. I'm on the consultation and I'll say, look, I actually don't know that you're ready to be a government contractor just yet. In fact, here are probably three or four things I would do before I would declare, hey, I'm a government contractor because there's things you need to do to get in order before you do this. You know, your company's still very young and the government, yes, it does like to see two years in business, but they'll throw that requirement out the window all day long if you've got the right stuff. But if I'm looking at your business and you don't have any commercial work, you don't have any government work, are you ready to be a government contractor? A lot of times I'll say, look, go win some commercial work, even a little bit. Do something that'll keep the lights on, that'll get your company some experience, some past performance, all that sort of stuff. Do some of that and then let's circle back to government. And when I say circle back, I'm not saying we'll put it off two, three years. Maybe we need to put it off three to six months because you need to put some money in the bank. And that's okay. Government is not going anywhere. That may be one of the biggest points you can take away from this podcast here. Government's not going anywhere. You may lose out on an opportunity today, but that doesn't mean the organization's not going to have more opportunities over the next six months, over the next six years, over the next 60 years. The opportunities are going to keep flowing. It's more important that you just get your ducks in a row so that you can do this and do it really, really well. So think about that. You know, what things do you need to get in order? If you don't understand the basics of running a business like your finances, a lot of times when people come to me, they're really good at their craft. And when I say their craft or their industry, however you want to put it, I'm really talking about what they do for a living. Let's say they're in cybersecurity or they're in construction or they're in staffing or maybe they supply products or whatever it may be. And they're really good at that, but they don't necessarily understand the basics of their business like their books. Like, hey, I don't really understand how things should be classified in the system. I don't understand the structure that I should have as a company. You know, should I be an LLC, an S Corp or whatever? How should I pay myself? There's all these little questions that people have. And it's like, look, we need to get all of that stuff out of the way and get you a little bit of education on how to run your business, how to position your business, how to set up pieces of your business 
business because if I sit down and start looking at it, it's a mess. And so that's just going to distract when you start trying to win contracts because guess what's going to come up? Your structure and all those types of things, they're going to come into play at some level on these contracts. Now, for some people, they'll get in and they'll just start winning contracts. They'll just throw all this stuff to the wind. But at some point, they'll come back and go, I'm having trouble repeating the process. And it's like, yeah, you can get in and brute force win a couple of contracts, but that's not the way to put in a repeatable process into your business. And that's why now you're struggling. You've hit a couple of accidental home runs. Now we've got to figure out how to replicate that magic. You may not be ready to win your next contract. You may have to actually back up a few steps and look at your process and say, how are we going about business development, sales, all that kind of stuff? How do we communicate our value? What is our value? What's our market? What's our niche? I can't tell you how often I have a conversation with somebody where they say, our core competencies are these nine to 12 things. And I'm like, you can't have nine to 12 core competencies. And look, if you're listening to this and I just had a conversation with you about it, it's not, this is not personal. I have this conversation five to 10 times a week where people will come in and say, hey, I'm really struggling with my core competencies. What are they? And that bleeds over into how you do your marketing, how you do your research. If you are trying to chase nine or 10 or 12 different core competencies, you are really spreading yourself thin. So my advice is always, let's figure out the one thing that is connected to everything you do. What is that true core competency in your business? Let's figure that out. And in order to do that, sometimes you've got to slow down so that you can get this right. Because again, if you're going 100 miles an hour, you're not ready for this cheese yet. You're not ready to go out and put out a bid about a very specific core competency because you don't even understand what it is. So we slow down just a little bit and we figure that stuff out. We look at what you've done in the past, what you want to do when you grow up. And we put those things together so that we can get a clear picture on what your company does, where it specializes, what you want to do with your company moving forward. And once we get that, then you can go on to the next step. But sometimes we've got to take two or three steps back in order to get that kind of stuff done. And again, it bleeds over into all kinds of areas in the business from finance to sales, to marketing, to operations, to how you recruit people. That's probably one of the biggest challenges that I see for a lot of people right now is they'll reach out and say, Mike, I don't know how or even when to recruit people. My philosophy is we should always be recruiting. But again, if you have 12 core competencies, what do you recruit for? So that's why if we can boil it down to, hey, here's our top core competency, it makes it easy to say, well, I always need fill in the blank people. I always need those. So that's the core requirement that I'm always going to be trying to fill. And so you can always be on the lookout for those kind of people. Again, just little things like that, that make a massive difference. And sometimes it's just a matter of two, three, four months of getting all these ducks in a row so that you are ready for that cheese. You are ready to go and chase that contract, whether it's a prime or a sub or whatever it may be. And then when you start to look deeper into this stuff, you'll also find other things that you need. Like, hey, the client I'm really trying to sell to, they really need, or they're really trying to use WSB certifications. They're really trying to hit those requirements. They're really trying to hit hub zone requirements. They're really trying to hit SDVOSB requirements. And maybe you're none of those, but you do qualify. Okay, that means we need to go get one of those certifications. Or maybe you don't have any of those certifications and you don't qualify. So you need to find the right teaming partner. It takes a little time 
time to vet the right teaming partner. Because if you just go in blindly, as you've heard through a lot of these podcasts, there can be a lot of disasters. So just because you're not ready for that cheese today doesn't mean you won't be ready in a few weeks. You just sometimes have to take a couple of steps back and say, what do I need to get done in order to be ready for that? Because look, here's a really good warning sign that you're not ready for the cheese. If you are hitting your head against the same brick wall constantly, then there's something holding you back. There's something in your business that needs adjustment in order to be ready for the cheese, in order to be ready for that subcontract, that prime contract, that teaming opportunity, whatever it may be, there's something in your business. And so take a look at what your roadblocks are. If you see very common roadblocks, like, man, every time I try to chase one of these contracts and I fill out the RFP, I'm getting the same exact feedback in the debriefing. And it's one, two, three, whatever those things are. It's your past performance at this or that. And you'll say, look, well, I can't get past performance because it's a chicken and an egg. You know, it's not a chicken and an egg. You just need to sub and you don't want to sub. That's usually the issue with past performance. Again, take a look at your business, see what the common roadblocks are, and then that should be a good roadmap or even a checklist for you to focus on getting those things right so you're ultimately ready for the cheese. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a little bit different than some of the other ones, but uh, you know, I loved that show yesterday, and that scene has stuck with me out of every scene in that show. That one's always stuck with me. So if you want to watch that scene, you can go Google it. It's on YouTube. Just yes, dear, the you're not ready for the cheese scene, and you can go see what I'm talking about. Maybe track down the whole episode. It's a really funny one. With that, I will sign off today. And if you have questions, you know how to reach me, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.